Where can you find everything you want to buy? Amazon. What about two-day shipping no matter where I live? Amazon. What about groceries? Yes, Amazon has it. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. Fucking love it. Presents the Think Tank Podcast. And now, coming to you pre recorded, deep undercover in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure. Hadron Collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker. Here is Ryan the Area Man. Hey, dude. What up, dude? Uh, today we are going to watch a Gray State, the movie. Uh huh. From Netflix. Ooh. So there's a conspiracy surrounding this or whatever. I think we had briefly we, talked, about briefly talked about it in another episode. I don't even know if it was Think Tank or Rock Vegas. We talked about it somewhere at hey, some point. We watched point. a trailer somewhere, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure that we watched a trailer on a Rock Vegas, maybe? Okay. I don't know. Who knows? Either yeah, way, maybe go... Maybe it was the puppet show. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But go to YouTube, watch a Gray State trailer, and then come back and hit play on this. And we're going to watch the film like we do on here, and we'll pause and discuss if we need to. If we don't, then the movie will just play and we'll discuss at the end or something. I don't know. So that's how it goes. So we're going to hit play and uh, watch. Seven hours and 45 minutes. Ooh. Hope you got your popcorn. Shitty pen. Shitty, shitty pen, pen. We hate you. Uh, Mike's meeting two. The outline. Projecting power, confidence. Talk fast. Talk fast, easy, and project. Why do you think I'm here? Now, why do you think I'm here? I want a career. I want to make, oh, I want a career, and I want some coin, and I want to find the people who can make that happen. Make that happen. I'm here because I like you. Okay, okay, okay. You know, guys, this is my project. Every little part of this project is me. I write, storyboard, cast. I edited, composed, I did the musical score. If it's Grey State, it's mine. Yes, yes. And suddenly, Grey State is a household name. Grey State is already a household name. Every time I poke this dragon, they all fire awake saying things like, you guys are the best, keep it up, in the name of liberty. And blah, 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 blah. People love this movie, the things that we could do with this, the things that we could do with this. Okay, there's your break. Shift to sincere. So you're saying 30 million. Honestly, I think we can do better. I think. I think. Because that implies, like, I've got my own ideas. I think. So can we do better? No, don't say that. Don't put it in the negative, can we? We can. We can. We can do better. I'm here because I like you. But I want our film to be made right. Hmm. Pen. Pen. 
thank you for coming out. Because uh, as you know, this is an independent project. We have a quadcopter drone. We're going to be doing aerials. We're going to have you guys busting up these houses, uh, sicking attack dogs on children. You know, it's going to get nasty. Yeah. And uh, just thank you guys for being a part of it. I hope you have the uh, presence of mind to remain professional and not take it too far. It's just, I don't know what too far really is at this point. <laughs> so just impress me, make it real. You're here for a reason, right? You're part of the Gray State team? Yeah. Show it to Big me. family. Show it to me. Big family. Anything else? Uh, I think we're covered. Squad leader, I want to hear you yelling to your guys. Chief command, they're doing something wrong, get them into play. That's your target house. High value individual in there, very dangerous, he's armed. Get there, get your squad up there. Oh, get there. So David had saying all the time, he screamed, get there, get there. And David only showed you one time how to do something, and he hated if you had to go back and ask questions about it. I'm losing my voice, so I'll make this quick. Um, <clears throat> right now, we're getting to the fun stuff. This is the actual gray state, so you guys have seen the trailer. Obviously, you know. Uh, this is just a quick jump into the future. Can you do a loop of the house? Watch okay. This, okay, I'm watching. Watch this, Daddy. You're right here, watching. Even in the midst of it, David always took time to acknowledge his daughter. <laughs> It's interesting being here on this set because this set here, where we're shooting this interview, is where we did a lot of the shooting for Gray State. Action. If you are receiving this message, then you've been recruited. Welcome to the fight, Patriot. Okay, a little bit less on the happy. Less, okay. What is Gray State? Gray State is less a movie than it is a warning. We do not live in a dictatorship, but we do live in a police state. What we're going to see is the unveiling of this Gray State foisted upon America. The thing that you have to begin to understand about conspiracy theory is that at some point, it's no longer theory. You talk about peak oil, you talk about FEMA camps, you talk about global warming, you talk about the UN, you talk about the NWO. They're prepping for Megadeth. Once the red carpet gets rolled out for this New World Order program, everything is free game. The bastard of it all is that you've heard of everything. When did this come out? Americans believe that they can't do it. Well, and the, day by uh, day they're becoming correct. The live stream was from 2013. Oh, wow. That's. I didn't realize there was a date on there. I saw the, the thing. October 18th, 2013. Wow, I didn't see the date. But 
Let's see. See, the actual film was never made. Right, right. That cause it was a concept trailer that he put together. He started making the movie and then died. And yeah, that's what we're getting to. So this documentary came out in 2017. But yeah, I think so. In 2010, David Crowley worked on a film about a future in which the government crushes civil liberties. When Crowley and his wife and child are found dead in 2014, conspiracy theorists speculate that they have been assassinated by the government. So he was filming it in 2013, died in 2014, and this <coughs> came out in 2017, three yeah. years later. Okay. So in 2010 is when he started. Probably put the concept trailer right. together to get funding right. to then start trying to make the movie, and then amidst making this movie, they're found dead, I guess. And that's what this documentary is going to cover. Okay. So... Um, yeah. It's a game of numbers, and, uh, we're losing. It looks like it would have been a badass movie had he finished it. Salute everybody that came out to address the real elite, the robber barons that have taken over our society. These are cowardly scum. All right, get down there, folks. Pipes down there. Get them. Yeah. Get the other people. Hey, Alex, can we lock in a time with you tomorrow? For uh, I'll be out here like 9 in the morning. What are you guys doing with Ted? Uh, you know that dystopian movie you're always talking about on air? Yeah. We're the only ones doing it. So it's what happens if these guys win. And it's the dystopian near future reality we're looking at if we don't embrace liberty. Oh, that's what's called Grace Day. Yeah. David didn't want to be leader for anything. He didn't want the glamour, the glory of the millions of dollars. You know, he saw a vision, he wanted to make it work, and he wanted to get it out. The Grace Day movie. Go to uh, gracedaymovie.com. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. The word is getting out, and the word is coming. David Crowley was a voice for a movement that believed that a government shutdown was imminent. That the oligarchy and these corporate powers, the corporatocracy could overtake our civilization, our society, and intern our citizens and take away all of our civil liberties and human rights. You looked around, this reminds me of Iraq. You've got the gradual decline of freedom and liberty. Uh, that's the gray state. He's a genius. He was a genius. Um, I had never met anybody so analytical, uh, so decisive, and so strategic. Thanks for coming. It's important to note that without the volunteered participation of people like you to give the project scale, all of the best ideas and loftiest ambitions would never be realized. This is not just a movie. Today, we're all part of something much bigger. So a lot of people, when they look at David, they could think, why does he make everything so difficult, so challenging, and so tough? And... The, the, probably the easiest answer is because he was a perfectionist. What the fuck is this wall and how does it work? So um, the wall is just a writing tool. The wall is something that every writer probably does. I don't know how extensive they get. Maybe they're better at synthesizing story than I am. So, I mean, uh, if you want to look at it physically, you have the story here, beginning to end, also up, or top to bottom. So uh, in constructing a story, you'll find out that it works on several levels. There's mythological storytelling, so it's the hero's journey as, as described by Joseph Campbell. Well, this whole thing has sort of uh, 
taken on a mind of its own. We're still pretty new to this whole gig, but you know it is developing. This project has developed momentum that I can't even describe. It has run away from us. Action! Okay, so head in your crotch. Bloody head in your crotch. <laughs> Hi, Chris Peck. <laughs> nice to meet you. Slate. Speed. Action! <laughs> <laughs> I think what made David a good leader was probably what he picked up uh, through his experience of the army. Cameras are rolling! He would lead his crew like we were going into war and, you know, we might not come out alive. Who else could walk up to a group of 20 people and say, hey, you want to be actors in this scene? People with no experience at all. David would make them into actors. And, uh, you're going to be leaning forward more. Shoot this arm back. Just start there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, if you guys want to be in the scene, uh, Chief Weinzel told me that I can do whatever I want with you guys as long as you're cool with it. <laughs> so if you want to jump out and join the squads and make a show of it, I'm cool with that if you are. I want to get away with as much as I can. So if I can have a snarling dog attack a family safely, I'm going to do that. And you guys have to tell me no. David very much had a vision when it came to... It's pretty crazy. Action! He knew how to be a business. This makes me want to make a movie so bad. <laughs> Watching this? I don't know. Just me. Mm-hmm. Man, he knew how to get people together. They were not filmmakers. All right, cut. Dan well, gets up and says, Kelly, I can't. You might die. Like, we've talked about this. Yeah. Which is good, because I think it's like repeating the conversation. But what's Kelly's motivation to get it taken out? Because she knows that Josh kept her off the radar, right? David and Kamel were always one unit. I mean, they were were incredible. I mean, they they were a relationship you wish for. I'm a bear and they're a bear figurine. (laughs) Wow, he had a wife that was part of the process. They interesting way to express how much they loved each other. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's better. You're fidgeting over there. No, I'm not. I'm just laughing. I'm glad this isn't being narrated because I didn't know if he's a lump in his pocket from the expo. It can mean a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad no one's narrating it. (laughs) Hold on, let me touch that one. (laughs) Tell me about Comel a little bit. Um... Sorry. You can tell dudes been yeah. crying even before they hit hit yeah. record on that. Feel bad, man. I was this kid. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't help but think about it every time you drive past it or just coming out in the backyard and looking over. And um, the people I have talked to, we would all just be happy if someone came and tore it down and built something new. We had my sister-in-law living with us for the month of December. And um, we took her home in the first part of January. And as we were driving to the airport that morning, I um, looked at the steps and I noticed there were still 
Christmas gifts out there. And we had assumed that they went to Texas. Well, I went over to pick up the presents, and then I heard the dog bark. And I hadn't heard the dog bark for a long time, so I thought, well, they, uh, they must be home. And since I was in the front, I went to ring the doorbell. Well, then the dog came and jumped up by the uh, front window and was barking. And I thought, well, they're not home. I haven't seen the dog or heard the dog before. Maybe there might be something wrong. And that's when I stepped off the stoop and went over to the window and I looked inside. Peeping Tom. I saw one body that was probably oh, maybe about six to eight feet away from the window. And then I noticed that there was a, another body uh, maybe six to seven feet away from the first one. And I noticed that there was a little body that looked like it was almost in the second body's arms. Could you imagine, like, oh. walking up to the window seeing that shit? Fucked up. Yeah. You can't imagine that? No, I'm just saying, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, like. it, like, the only, I won't say it's insensitive. Might as well. Just, yeah, like at least they were social distancing. That's all I was going to say. Oh, a topical <laughs> joke. Um, yeah, dude, it'd be weird as fuck to like. Yeah, I, I couldn't even imagine. Like looking yeah. in the window and seeing that. Like oh. A very similar thing happened real time, like I think two days ago up in Wisconsin. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, one of my co coworkers or colleagues or employees or whatever you want to call him sent me a news article. His second cousin, um, so it says here, breaking news. Departments of Justice says they are looking for this man, 68, of Fort Atkinson, in connection to two people found dead, a shootout with a deputy in a fire in Jefferson County. Jesus Christ. So apparently he killed his brother or his sister and her husband in the front yard, like in, on the driveway, and they have a son who's mentally mentally challenged, and he didn't kill the son, but the son was found pacing back and forth around the bodies, like and it's just circling the bodies when the cops came. That's weird, dude. He was still there. He like, was looting their house after he killed them, and the, the kid was just walking around in circles, and uh, the cops came up to shots fired or whatever the case may be, and he started shooting the cops and took off and got away. Then they're still looking for him. As of last night, they were. Oh, wow. I don't have to cover that story. That's (laughs) fucking weird, dude. Yeah. And you work with the dude's cousin. Second cousin, yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow. It's kind of the same scenario. Like, they just shot him in the fucking driveway, you know, and they they were just dead in their body. And And he was just looting the house after that. Yeah. What the fuck's going on with this fucking country? All right. Back to the movie. This is the phone call, I guess, to the. Yeah. Not not a skit. (laughs) Yeah. Behavior next door, went over to the home to the right of the RP, sees dead bodies inside the house, dog inside, sees a gun in the house on the floor. To look at the three of them through the Instagram filter of life, it's hard to imagine how it all went so wrong. David Crowley, a talented, promising young filmmaker, his smart and beautiful wife, Kamel, a dietitian, and their adorable five-year-old daughter, Rania. The reality is the truth of what happened to David Crowley and his family is stranger and sadder than anyone imagined. So this is the home in Apple Valley. 
I mean, this is a total middle-class neighborhood. And this was mid-January when police uh, made the discovery. You can still see the Christmas presents on the front porch. But what a horrific crime to walk into and try to piece together. Physical evidence scattered all over by the dog. I mean, horrific. Investigators found about 22 terabytes of information, all strung together on hard drives, kind of daisy-chained all together. And you had to think that when they're looking at all this, they're like, okay, maybe the answer is in one of these hard drives. We find the why. So I took the case file. It was about 12, 1,500 pages. And I went through oh, it, shit. and all of a sudden I came through a picture, a picture that they did not have in the crime scene photos that they provided. And I said, oh my God, what is this? And there on the wall, above the bodies, scrawled in blood, the words, Allah Akbar, God is the greatest. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Between their bodies, a Koran with pages torn out opened to a traditional forgiveness prayer. In the home office on a notepad, submit to Allah now. How do you try to explain three deaths, you know, husband and wife and their little girl? And you can't come up with answers, right? I mean, talk about the various parts of it, you just can't come up with answers. And there's something about it that just kind of gets on you and you just can't wash it off. There's a Quran laying amongst the bodies. There's blood on the wall. David Crawley's right on the verge of making it big, shall we say, or at least taking a really big step in getting beyond YouTube and actually getting to a movie, to theaters everywhere. No wonder it was catnip for conspiracy theorists. Hello, this is Dan Hennon. I was going to say Fernandez Jr. for another installment of the Crawley Case Updates. Today is June 4th, 2016, and uh, we've got some updates on the case. So uh, how are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing good. It's, it's hot, but that's okay. Good, good. I don't give a crap about credibility at all. Credibility means nothing to me. What I care about is truth. I'm not in law enforcement. I don't have a background in detective work, but how it happened, I would say it's undetermined. You've got no suicide note. There's no motive. And they said that out of their way to say that the blood test on the wall written Allah Akbar was the blood of Komel Crowley. Right. Well, who wrote the blood? Once you get into this wrong territory, once you start treading into these waters, um, there is a backlash uh, against you by some shadow entity who knows what it is, but you start pushing the wrong buttons to the elite, so to say, and there is payback. And I think one of the big problems with the people who think that David Crowley is guilty is they don't even want us asking questions now. They don't decide when we get to stop asking questions. We get to decide that. Did the government want to silence him and his film? Guys out here going after the truth, get knocked off. 
This particular video really shows why the criminal establishment murdered not only him, but his family as well. As the admin and creator of the justice pages on the Facebook accounts, I allow all theories to come into play. I don't want to censor narratives. There are certain people out there that cer certainly believe that these things did happen. They ruled it a double murder followed by a suicide at the hands of David without any real investigation. There was no signs of domestic violence. There was no evidence of a violent household. There was no evidence of PTSD. There was no evidence of mental illness, no depression, nothing. Totally makes sense then. Well, that's what I was, I was just thinking. That's why I grabbed the remote. I want to pause it. Cause so it's always interesting to me when there's like nothing indicating like you've got all these plans, like, like just talking like in real time that. There's that one guy, he was going to be brought back, he had, I think he had been fired during Obama's administration, I forget the guy's name, He was gonna, uh, Trump was bringing him back, and this guy had a lot of knowledge about stuff that went on during Obama's administration, not to like, you know, whatever, just, just to make a, a point, and he was bringing back, going to be brought back, and like a week before he was going to come back, he was set to, uh, he was engaged, he was going to get married, uh, you know, he everything like looking up in his life and he, uh, you know, a week before he goes, gets called, they're going to come back. He had known he was going to come back mm -hmm. and start working again for the government. He goes out and shoots himself like by his car. I don't know. If we, I think we briefly maybe covered it or something like I that. Mean, I don't think so. Maybe not on the podcast, but he, he shoots himself. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's mm -hmm. easy. Like, I don't know. To me, people don't just go commit suicide when everything's looking up, like this guy was making a movie, right? Like, and I know as this movie goes on that they're they're probably going to make the argument that he he did a murder suicide to try and get the point across that this is real, like 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 that's what they're going to say. So there's the conspiracy that the government came in and killed him mm -hmm. and his family, but there's also the well, he did this to get you to think there's a conspiracy. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. the argument I believe they're probably going to start trying to make in this yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, and credence to his film. Yeah. To like, yeah. It just, it's not realistic. It's not logical. When you put logic to some of these things, everything's looking up in your life and all of a sudden you just go kill yourself. Like, yeah, not only just yourself, but your whole family. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and even just like, think about like, in your life, Dave, everything's looking up. You're six years sober. You're about to go on a cruise, but two days before your cruise, you just decide to kill yourself. Like, I understand there's mental illness, mm -hmm. and maybe you are hiding some deep shit in there, and there's other things that are happening that nobody's privy to because you've kept that. I understand that piece, and that could be what's happening here mm -hmm. with this guy or whatever. It's just not, to me, It's it's hard to believe. Yeah, it's a very big, tough so pill to you know, swallow. And I understand there's stuff in everybody's life that deep down, they don't. nobody wants mm -hmm. out there. And that's not saying that in that, this case, that's not the case. Or in that guy I mentioned. Right. You know, but usually when you have shit that you're planning and look forward to, if, you do, if you're just 
had no plans, everything was going shitty, you just lost your job, you crashed your car, your dog died, all this shit, and then you get, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense when you have all this stuff planned and looked forward to and paid for and, you know. Right. When that happens, that doesn't make sense. No, I agree 100%. But I don't know. I, I guess you can't sit here and say that it it's not possible. It's always a possibility. I don't know. It's just interesting. I guess let's keep watching. There are certain points in every story that you can recognize that this is what happens to the character at this point in the story. For example, um, after Acts 2 begins, eventually you read the, the midpoint is created, which is the metaphorical inmost cave. So the hero enters the labyrinth to fight the Minotaur, and he emerges with the secret, but the fight isn't over. And that applies to other stories, like the character doesn't have the right idea yet, and is still kind of struggling, but he achieves progress through proactivity and all these things. And then eventually there's the supreme ordeal, which uh, is like the ultimate fight to death. You know, he had a whole album for her that he made while he was in Afghanistan. He's like picking away here, you know, like he's played guitar his whole life, so. David was good at whatever he decided was worth being good at. <laughs> he was good at being a father. He was good at being a husband. He was good at school. You know, he did things differently. He thought differently. And he worked harder. And he <laughs> was more driven. This is Crowley. Uh, testing out the Spartan eight-footers. It's not quite eight feet. Well, it's a little six-footer, kind of. Yeah, well, maybe like five ten. Yeah, whatever. Oh, we. I need the tape. Hey. All right. Yes. Ha! Again. Finish him. Give me my second spear. Awesome. Everything he did, he did it um, to his utmost ability. He never uh, half-assed anything. He saw what he wanted, and and he went and he took it. We never needed to join the military, but like we were uh, playing airsoft, kind of like paintball or whatever. We tried to make it as realistic as possible, I guess, so we're trying to wear accurate uniforms and trying to do 
you know, military-type movements and military-type things. And for me, and I think for him, too, it was just a natural progression of, I like the military, I like guns, I like, you know, that type of thing. So I'm like, I would like to progress from playing it to being it. I can't ever remember deciding to join the Army. But, of course, uh, we were all inundated with the whole glory aspect of it, having seen Black Hawk Down, which came out around the time that we were in 10th grade. And so, uh, at some point, it became obvious to us that we were joining the military. Well, this is fun. I served in Ramadi, Iraq, in 2006, and um, I witnessed directly what we're doing there, the good and the bad. This? Put in the water? Uh, no, you you no, drank no. it all. Here, give it, give it to old boy right there. Put this in the water. 9-11 obviously generated a lot of emotion. You see 3,000 of your fellow Americans incinerated. You think, well, that sucks. So when they say, we need to go to Iraq because of this, you're going to Iraq, buddy. I've seen people shot in the head, I've seen people killed, I've seen people blown up. Um, I've been in combat, I've shot people, I know how combat goes. You die like animals. We die, we die like animals. You bleed out and then you leave a corpse that looks surprised. And that's just how it is. It's weird. And I witnessed directly how the mentality of the American soldier is being used, and directly how the mentality of the American public is being used. I mean, when you follow a flag, you're going to be manipulated. It's not like following a person or following an idea. You're following a country. And whatever that country says to follow, you're going to do. It is morally reprehensible what we're doing in the Middle East. And if you don't fucking understand that yet, you need to open your eyes because you are a slave for the most insidious global agenda mankind has ever known, and you are directly responsible for that. At some point, you've got to realize that you're just a dog jumping through hoops for the government. nationality she is um, so it's interesting I have a, a buddy who's a white guy married to a Pakistani girl mm -hmm. I would say she's somewhere along that same yeah, line of what whatever which is interesting because he was in Iraq this guy was in Iraq and then not saying that there's any comparison beyond the fact that white guy, Pakistan. I'm right, guessing right. she's probably Pakistan of some Muslim-type descent. Right, right. So they were went over there, and like they are got into that type of... Because I guarantee you before that, they weren't into the Muslim right. type Culture, of women. Of women. Right. But once you're over there, and that's what you see. Just like, like if, if we eliminated... A, Take a style of female, you know, be it, you know, let's say you hated blondes. Let's just say, hypothetically, hate blondes that were six foot tall. You hated that. And then we took away 
every woman from your life and only put blondes that are six foot that you fucking hate and that's all you're surrounded by, eventually you'd be into that. Right. Because that's all you have as an option. So when they go over to Iraq and shit like that, that's what they see. Mm-hmm. And they got no other pussy, so they start to develop an interest in that. And so then they they find that. You know what I mean? Which is always interesting. I'm always interested in that aspect. Why, like, you could dislike a certain, like, for me, I've never been into redheaded chicks. If you put only redheaded chicks, eventually I would probably start to come around on them. Right. Yeah, you'd come on them all. Eventually, <laughs> you know, it just is what it is. So I'm guessing that's what happened here because I would say she's probably something yeah, like that. That's what I was thinking. Um, but what I was, I was going to pause and I decided not to, but now that I have, that statement he was just making, like, uh, you can see the where he is super frustrated with how humanity is and, and how he's like a, a tool for the government, basically. Right. And he was trying to express that anger and shit through his film. Right. So in this part, I can kind of see maybe where he was pushed or felt the need to do what I think they're going to get to is murder-suicide. To try and hammer home... How bad it really is. Or something. Like, you can kind of see it. But at the same time... He had so much going for him. So right, why? Right, like, and I'm I'm hoping they it, we get we get more right. into it. But that's just initially. That's like I can kind of see. You can tell he's really frustrated. Oh yeah. But then I also him. like not that I see myself in him, but I see how frustrated I get with shit. But I'll say it again. I have no no desire or interest or whatever to uh, commit suicide. Just just yeah. Just so we're clear, so it's on the record. But right. you can kind of see the anger there. But I just, I still have a hard time buying it when you have so much going for you. This mm. film, like, I don't know. Let's continue. David called me and said, "Hey, I met this girl, and um, we're getting married." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, we're getting married in two weeks." Yeah, that's fast. Um, mm-hmm. I said, I heard you were seeing somebody for a couple months, but wow. David, would you have this woman, Kamel, to, to be your lofty wedded wife? Will you love, honor, and keep her in sickness and in health and forsaken all others, keep you only unto her so long as you both shall live? The way that Kamel would speak of David, it felt very high school, I think is the only way, the best way to describe it. Um, Kind of that first love, the puppy love, infatuation. It seemed very sweet, but always would make me question how that can go on for so long. Kamel was a strong-willed woman, confident, assertive, very intelligent, um, but she followed the leader. Because I remember David telling me that she was Muslim. And then I remember David, you know, exhibiting very much uh, Christian-like traits and, and speaking a lot about biblical stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I'm hanging out with Kamel, she's Christian. Having been overseas and having seen what, like, Sharia law had done to the people in Iraq, he did not like the religion Islam. He loved Muslim people. 
but um, he felt that Islam subjugated the people and he felt very strongly about that. Um, I first heard he was having problems and he went to Afghanistan and uh, he was really struggling because he's now afraid. He was never afraid before, but now that he's met Kamal, he really has a reason to live. He really doesn't want to get killed. He has a wife and a daughter on the way and he thought he was going back to civilian life and he'd done his time and Uncle Sam said thank you and now all of a sudden he is being thrown into what he feels to be a corrupt war. He didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. What the stop loss did to his worldview and how he described it to me uh, was that he had a breakdown. I was stop lost. I was involuntarily held by the military for 15 months. I was forced to deploy against my will had to leave my brand new wife at home. And I come back from that very uh, disgruntled, to say the least. Nothing good ever comes out of a deployment except for, well, a body count. After today. Why are you making it with me? You're pretty. Yeah, get out of here. Hey, Ronnie. <laughs> Kamel was very devoted and attached to Ronnie. Ronnie was her world. She and Ronnie had a very special relationship, always hugging and happy and joking around, and she was a very attentive mother. What did you have for lunch today? Hmm? You ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Yeah. She was just what I thought every parent would want in a daughter, you know? She likes pink. She's adorable. She has goofy features and, you know, there's just so much to love about her. You like cookies, huh? Okay, say goodbye to Uncle Danny. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Big smile. <laughs> She'd have been my dream girl, you know, as a dad. Not sure what kind of sadism this is. Because you know he's never going to get that stick. And I think that's the whole point. Let's hope no one loses an eye. Because then I got to deal with it. <laughs> Kamel would make a lot of comments on the fact that David was very clear he did not want any more children. Um, which at the time I thought was weird because they were so young. Um, to, so to be that final about that decision at such a young age um, surprised me. Hey, so what you looking at? Um, this one. Are you going to kill? No, I'm not. You're not going to kill? Why? Because, because I'm not going to kill him. Well, that's nice. That's good. He's a baby. Ugly baby. And we definitely don't kill babies, do we? No. No, no. When I was a baby, then we, when I was a baby, we don't kill my baby. Nope. That's why you're still alive, and it's your fourth birthday tomorrow. When I'm a baby, we don't kill my. When I was a baby, and then you don't kill me when I was a baby. Nope. No one killed you. I couldn't pull it off. 
slightly weird conversation. Yeah. He often has a competing internal desire, which often comes from a past trauma that usually is explained at the midpoint. It becomes very scientific and very methodical, but it's, that doesn't mean it's any easier to create. So I'll have certain colors that represent when the character will acknowledge his inner trauma. I wonder why none of his friends or fellow filmmakers that were working with him finished the film. I don't think anybody could see it as in-depth as he did. Oh, you, yeah. you look at that fucking wall. I was yeah, going to yeah, just yeah. mention to you, like, we've never been that deep into any film that we've ever, like, I've never had the wall of, yeah. like, he's got, like, shit involved with things that are, like, I don't even think you could, are necessary to pull off the movie. Right. But then again, maybe, I don't know. I think he was way deeper into this than anybody realized, maybe. I don't know. But I have seen walls like that of people creating story, you know, character development, shit like that. I've seen this. I've just never been that fucking involved in it. Yeah, I've never really needed it for anything I've done. Yeah. Maybe we need to. <laughs> Be like that. Could you imagine, like, the walls in here? Just, like, from this side all the way to that side, that's just a storyboard. Or not a storyboard, but, like, yeah, the a wall, story. A wall, like, huh? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What were, what were you asking? What did you say? Why wouldn't anybody finish the film? Why haven't we seen it? Oh. Shit? Yeah, I, I have to assume it's because they either, one, after that, like, after the deaths, everybody was like, step back. Because, I mean, you got to remember, some people might have thought, what if he was killed by the government for making this movie or trying to make this movie? Like, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to die. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, Maybe I mean, they took all his footage, too. Could have been. And they didn't have anything. They would have had to reshoot everything. I don't know. I also think he was deep into it, man. Like, yeah. you don't have a wall of your plot. Mm. And, and I mean, even though it's the wall there, like, nobody else knew. Because a lot of it shits in his head. Like, he can explain that. If we looked at that wall, we wouldn't probably be able to figure out right. what the fuck he's talking about. You know what I mean? I don't know. Grey State is shot everywhere, but mostly it's shot in a studio. But you'd never know looking at the footage. All this buzz that people have for Grey State, we didn't start it. The story is, I mean, the farther down you go, the story becomes bigger and it involves more people. It involves generations and generations of Americans and everyone else playing their part leading up to this moment. So, yes, I mean, once you begin to connect these dots, there's no way you can't tell a story about it. He was introduced to the idea. It started out as a fun little fantasy, and then I think it kind of snowballed and got bigger than he had imagined it would. Okay, Mitch. Yeah. Put a mark down. He had a very take-control personality, and I think I almost got, like, submissive of it. After I had seen the results, I'm like, well, I didn't agree with you, but holy shit, this looks good, so I'm going to go with it. Okay, I'm going to be frank. This is a uh, public execution. Gunshot to the back of the head. Who wants it? Gunshot to the back of the head. Bill. Oh. <laughs> Three times. Sold. Yes, I want hey. to be killed. 
<laughs> so this was um, in the trailer. This would have been one, preparing for one of the execution scenes where one of the militia people basically executes four people in a row. So we are prepping for that spot. Didn't this strike you as kind of creepy? Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, you can even like give a little bit of a cock if you want. Just bang, bang, bang. And even like, don't even walk up to the fourth guy. Just kind of do it from no, a distance. Bang. Okay, just listen for the pop, guys, and it's got to be instant. And guys, this is this is the grossest thing about this movie is that it's it comes home like this. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Adam first mark. Camera's rolling. Action. Here it comes, guys. Breathing. Breathing. Here it comes. Good. Cut. Cut. Pretty good acting. That's just gross, you guys. We've spent days and hours with each other. That's kind of how we became the whole little band of brothers, or the Crawley and Knights, as I would call it. Adam, do you know what's going on? Absolutely not. I just listened to you. We only hired the finest people here. Okay, Adam, you ready? I never felt like David was necessarily the alpha dog. It was more of David was the type of person that would literally give his shirt for you, or you know, off his back for you. Anyone who's not packing should be. He turned into a pit bull when he was directing, but set that aside, I mean, he was a sweetheart. Awesome. Yeah? Awesome. What's next? What are we doing next? Like anything? Yeah, you're my uh, AD, okay? Okay. So, if it's going to be down to a situation where we get the cameras over here and the... I think Kamel's role with Grey State is she was literally David's cheerleader. Like, just always there at his beck and call, night and day, to get this project pushed and done. You know, because David's success would ultimately mean their success. But we, we, got, we have to like it. him, otherwise we do not care. And when he comes in at the end, like, oh, that guy again. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're supposed to care. It's not about him. Tried to save Kelly, and then he throws his beautiful funeral for this girl, which I like. And, you know, there's just something mysterious about him, and I'd like to leave it there. I don't want to know him yet, because I'm trying to figure Daniel out. Kamel still is a mystery. I mean, the vibe that I always got was free-thinking, independent woman. So the idea that she somehow becomes a puppet of her husband, just that's the question that's still there, right? Kamel was definitely intelligent. She was definitely very good at anything that she put her mind to. But I think what made her so good was that she was intelligent, but also extremely passionate. Come on, baby, get it. I'm gonna run with you. She was easy to talk to and was a quick thinker when you would ask her questions. She was intellectually curious and jumped on whatever she thought she should be pursuing. If it was the paleo diet, she was all on board with that. They named their dog Paleo. You know, I think she was trying to find her place. What are you guys doing? We're making cupcakes. Looks like eggs. Yep, egg and bananas. Bananas? Butter! Butter too. So Kamel starts baking cakes and she realizes how 
good she is at it. Not only good, but amazing. So she starts her idea, KC Cakes. She would make like an Elmo cake for Rania for her birthday. detail on that one's pretty good this could have been huge if she wanted to she's that good this one this was my birthday cake here notice the golfer taking the divot and not even hitting the ball so like she's very perceptive Emotionally, she was very smart, um, and I think, like, David really trusted her with his feelings and emotions. I just wish I could watch it rather than read. That's what I hated about it. And I hope you make it better than what I'm imagining. You will. So David Crawley, Bucksall Convention, he self-funds a trailer for a movie that doesn't exist. He's gonna use that trailer as a marketing tool to get money to pay himself in order so he can write the script. Then he's gonna take that script, take it to Hollywood, get 30 million bucks to make the movie that he wants to make. It's an improbable dream. I mean, he lives, it's a guy in Apple Valley. He's unemployed. He's got a young family uh, and he's doing it in reverse order. Um, I don't believe that even he could have foresaw how successful that was going to be. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! There's a date now. You know, see the us, you know, peasants in situations where they get to use yeah, their weapons. Uh, they have no regard for your rights. Okay, so what's going to happen? Well, it's a 3 a.m. raid. Okay, you're all asleep, so you're all in your pajamas. If you're, if you feel like you're warm enough, I want you barefoot. You're getting pulled out of your bed in the middle of the night by these armed dudes. They're going to take you up. They're going to force you into the ground. He's basically telling all these little kids that we're essentially going to. Uh, you know, rip you out of this house and... Uh... Okay, so listen up. I'm going to instruct my squad leaders. If it gets too scary, too intense, 
the safety word is banana. Okay? <laughs> so you can scream, don't hurt me, stop hurting me, and stuff, and they're not going to listen. If you say banana, they will hands off. They'll, they'll stop. That's funny. You could even get kids to do what he wanted. And action. RFID chip in them. Mm-hmm. Hey, what does dangerous mean? Dangerous means scary monster. That what dangerous means. Okay. When you push the right one, then the monsters are going to get you and they're bloody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, when you're a little girl, and then and then you get an owl here. Bloody monster's coming. No, it's going to get mommy Como. And then, and then, when she's a little girl, and then she got blood in her face, and then, and then, monsters gonna get her, and when she's a little girl, and then she got blood in her face, and then she. What are all her dramatic effects? And then, and then you got bloody. She really thinks about these things. Everywhere, and then this room, and then this room is bloody, and then this room is a floor, and then lots of bleeding, and then the red man's gonna get you and run you, and it's gonna get everyone when you girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, let's face it, you can. I mean, you know, there's a red rum, red rum quality to it. It's like The Shining, right? A premonition that the, the girl is prescient. I mean, the way she's talking about this stuff is scary. Uh, but she has been exposed enough to some very dark things that this is what she knows, and this is what a little girl is now talking about. I mean, Jesus Christ, she's five years old. Have a guillotine out there. Oh, oh, oh. oh very nice. Who wants to watch? We all do. You're not supposed to watch. We're gonna I'm gonna end up deleting on accident. We're morally adrift. We have no common goals. We're just a bunch of individuals in a collective state, and we don't support each other. So once I identified that, I'm like, that's my villain. And so a person watching this film can be like, they subconsciously recognize that this scene is where there's supposed to be a meeting between the hero and the villain.
I think for us, shooting the concept trailer, raising the money that we did, setting the goal and crushing the goal that we set for, um, back then we thought it was totally feasible to do what we were going to do. We're very, very fortunate to have the crew from Gray State here today. Woo! Yeah! I think the fans had a great expectation of David. I think they saw the Gray State as the potential voice for this message and this story to be told. This is David Crowley, the brains behind the madness. These guys are working very hard to put out this incredible film. It's big time stuff. So to hold David to that standard of excellence that he set himself up for, this amazing concept trailer that he put together and this movement of videos and social media and press attention, they expected an incredible movie. Obviously, the things that we're showing, the things that we're saying are appealing to people. And it's making it a very popular idea. So this project started as sort of like, what am I going to do this spring? But it's developed into this beast that we can't even keep up with. So in the fall of 2012, the trailer comes out and it very quickly just explodes online. He becomes a YouTube sensation. It's shared everywhere uh, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it may be, and conspiracy theorists believe that this guy is perhaps a messenger. It's a near future collapse of society under martial law. They've ordained him in some special way, and they're wanting him to deliver. Google, Yahoo, they all admit for three years they are censoring for communist China. You understand? Now they're doing it on a mass scale in the U.S., England, Canada, and Europe. Are we going to put up with Hey Alex, good to talk to you again. I'm David Crowley. I'm the writer and director of Gray State. Uh, what will happen in the film is uh, the reason we call it Gray State, or one of the reasons, is that it's a division of reality. So we have people who are living in the Alex Jones world who know what's going on, and the people who simply don't. My role in this whole thing was not just to be there and assist David with whatever he wanted, because he knew he already had my commitment, but I was, of course, David's personal Rolodex. I'd been doing the work in the trenches with the re revolution for years, and so I knew everybody already. Well, camera, you want me to look at... Uh, look right. You're talking to Sean. Talk to Sean. Okay. Did it? Okay. I got it, guys. Cool. We see a giant arms race against the American people, but not just here in the United States. Worldwide, we see the globalists building a giant police state control grid and calling themselves technocrats. A technocrat is a group of dictators who use technology to control people. We are already beginning to fall to the gray state. We will not bow! We will not bow! This fight is for the future of humanity, and we are in the fight. And it's now time for humanity to restore the republic and restore freedom and the Bill of Rights and Constitution. It's just that simple. Anything else? I don't take up too much of your time, but uh, can we have uh, verbal consent to use this footage? Yeah, you can use this. Go ahead. Your name? Uh, I'm Alex Jones. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to record all that. Nah, there you was can't already this movement that was right at its peak when David was coming along with the Grey State Project. So it wasn't corralling. There was already a big audience. 
And then the rest of the audience came once they saw what was being put out. Has anyone heard of Grace Day? The film explores trends like RFID, bio, and nanotechnology. These represent the fusion of authoritarian control and human flesh. And these trends are no longer science fiction. David Crawley is the warrior, right? He's the warrior, though, that, that is the artist. And in that, they see a guy who can, who can be a leader of this movement. He's the guy that's going to take it beyond just chat rooms to a bigger discussion. While I make no claim that my efforts as an artist best exemplify the thoughts and feelings of every person in this room, I do assert that as far as expressions of freedom go, this is one we can all get behind. And through our united effort, we can keep this film in the fiction section. Thank you. Once you get into this information, there really is no end to it. There's, it just leads into the next conspiracy, the next conspiracy. For example, you want to ask why veterans are on the watch list. Now, this is coming out. Police agencies are being trained to watch veterans. So uh, veterans, gun owners, patriots, these sort of people who are independent of the system or can be, are they really a threat to the new world order? You're fucking right they are. That's <laughs> why they're being targeted. I guess I'm rambling. I got nothing. What's the next thing? Fucking A, you're right. Fucking A. I think he had an element of paranoia to him. Like, whatever you told him, it's just he wasn't trusting it. He had gone through this transformation on that deployment. You know, it, it shocks the system, and you start looking at the world differently. Hey guys, David Crowley from the Gray State Project. Tonight I'm going to be shooting a little bit for the documentary Gray State The Rise. It's something that I've been picturing for the awakening moment that is the eyes opening to appreciate the truth about our surroundings and our reality. So I'm going to be using my wife, Kamel, as the main subject. She ends up being in most of my projects. Should I look at her at all? Like, no. no. Oh, I'm so concerned no. for your life. He always had to be in control of everything, every variable. Uh, and there was, no, there was no collaborating with him. That was the problem, so. I think I should lean into her. Moms do that, like holding their child closer. Well, it looks a little bit... I never saw them argue. I never saw anything like that. Um, they did it. They had a bad spell back uh, in 2013. I think David was on the road so much and doing this Gray State stuff. I think Camille felt she was holding the family together financially and filling in while David was gone so much that um, they had a, a rough spot for a while. Did you guys have a surprise at school? Because that's what the paper said. Camilla and I both worked in a clinic where we saw clients with eating disorders. The business that we created together was for nutrition around people with autoimmune diseases. I would say Kamel and David were definitely both at a point in their life that I think they both had pretty strong passions for separate things. Kamel, the nutrition, David Moore, the film. She did not have many other friends outside of myself. She 
made a lot of comments that she would have loved to have more friends and that she was looking for ways to do so. It was just kind of, oh, David is a little different, so, you know, it just doesn't work out. But I could tell she was always very disappointed. Kamal's behavior didn't add up. He was involved in everything, and she always made it seem like it's exactly what she wanted. All right, Ronnie. Say hi, Mommy. Hi, Mommy. Okay, now we're going to do the spin, okay? Okay, let's spin. Ready? Sit. Go! Oh. Ah, so skinny. Oh. I yeah. don't like it as much as last time, huh? It's fun, Daddy. You like it? Is it fun? Yeah. Yeah? So less than two years after the trailer comes out, he's made his way to Hollywood, he has script in hand, he makes contacts with legitimate Hollywood insiders who believe and tell David that they're going to go out there and raise the money for a $30 million movie. The way I would pitch this thing is, America's finally had enough. It's the population of this country has had enough of a corrupt government, and they make a stand. I think to this day, there's still a built-in audience for a film like this. It's like right now. David did a phenomenal job grassrooting this project. You know, we see or all that soon, from our rather. aspect. And right. everything that David put into this is was phenomenal in our eyes just because of, of, of how he this thing grew. It took on its own legs and grew and grew and grew and grew. So this is our June 29th meeting. Uh, we're sitting at a pub on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood. We all did a celebratory shot and to conduct new business. David was very laid back, very, very calm. Uh, in that meeting, it was just very, very, very professional. No sense of just, you know, hitting his, hitting his lines or, you know. No, I never got that impression at all. If he was acting, he was one of the best actors I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Shitty pen. Shitty, shitty pen, pen. We hate you. Uh, Mike's meeting two. The outline. Projecting power, confidence. Talk fast. Talk fast, easy, and project. <sighs> Komal's right. Komal's right. You're wearing something black. You gotta show some arm veins. Uh, watch on the left wrist. Bracelets on the right. Uh, a necklace that's long enough to be tucked in, nothing too flashy. Just enough to indicate that you're confident with your personality. I'm not a fleece, you know. I'm not just a quick fleece. You're talking to me because this is my project. <sighs> that transition's weak. Um, I had 4,000, first of all, I had 4,000 fans before there was even a concept trailer. And I dropped it to those people, and it ballooned to 32,000 that you see today. These are the proverbial fish in a barrel that every time you say New World Order, they get out their wallets. <clears throat> So, uh, how are the rewrites? This will probably start it. How are the rewrites? First thing you're going to do is see what they do to each other. If they look at each other, are they measuring me right now? All right. 
Mike, I see one produce, just one producer credit on your IMDb. This tells me that either this is either MEG's first production, or you guys have something else in mind. Remember, you're achieving a dominant position by matching their, matching their experience with your enthusiasm. So let them answer. But your wrap up now. Here's the sunset on your beautiful day with your partnership with the mics. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to express it. I'm I'm I got chills actually. It's the most divisive bullshit I've ever heard in my life. It's not the David who I met. Not uh, at all. This is manipulative. This is psychotic. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very yeah I'm very insulted by it because what he's doing he's taking adversarial position towards us and playing us for chumps from day one and yet. From day one, it was a collaboration and a collaborative effort for the project. This is the complete opposite of that. This is, I am, you know, controlling the project. I am going to work out exactly what words to say to elicit what response. This is craziness. I don't even have to write it. I just have to have the idea, and people will start to do things. And I will make money off of that. <laughs> this is where they start to because make this that thing turn. exists in my head. Oh, yeah. Whatever comes out of this, this, this first. Deal, I mean, did you I take that audio? Like how the guy says he was—he's no. insulted by no. it. Do you take that as that? I mean, no, that's him just preparing himself for how he's going to answer the questions and how he's going to talk. He was just presenting himself. Like he was catching the bullet points of what he wanted and to he's, talk. And and he—you would do this. You're. Ultimately, you're trying to convince people to give you money to yeah. make your thing. Right. So there is a form of manipulation. Is not mm -hmm. all sales a form of manipulation? Well, not like that. But look, look at like audition, like auditions or interviews. You're gonna fucking mm -hmm. sell yourself that you're the best person. And, and even first dates, you're gonna fucking mm -hmm. sell yourself as you're the best version of you. You're gonna give them what they want to see and and what they're gonna buy into. And then eventually, as you become more natural and real, like a um, yeah, real. Yeah. You're gonna be more real, and you're, you're, they're gonna see the true you. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's been you know nine years now for my wife. She finally now knows who I really am. You know, I mean, I wasn't the same person back then. That right I am now, you know. I think that yeah. So I don't. I mean, if you listen to every person in their mind before an interview, before a first date, before a big sales meeting mm -hmm. pitch, we'd probably all sound like fucking. Yeah. insane people yeah. but that doesn't i don't think that makes you that i think this is a perception that they're projecting at this mm -hmm. point that's what it feels like mm -hmm. i don't know i mean yeah I, I think it's bullshit i don't think they felt that way at all no and i think hearing it back when you hear somebody because okay let's say he never recorded that mm -hmm. you would never know mm -hmm. like and you can't sit here and tell me that them guys before a meeting, if, when before they got in their position of holding all the money, on the other end of things, mm -hmm. they were in his, they wouldn't be going through some sort of, you know, I, I think he's trying to project this because he's hearing what most people probably think in their head. Right. Except he recorded it. Yeah. Well, see, if we went and listened to what they told each other or themselves before they went to that first meeting with him, they're like, all right, this guy's a fucking nobody. Like, he wants 30 million. We could probably, you know, do him down to like 5 million. You know, fuck this guy. He's nobody. 
we're fucking big celebrities, you know, fuck him, you know, that guy's a piece of shit, you know, we don't know who the fuck he is, he came all this way, we'll meet with him, but we don't have to do shit for him, because we're fucking us, you know what I mean, that's kind of how they would be talking to themselves. Yeah, and you take that audio, and play it a year after both of those guys ended up dead. Right, right. And then we could sit there and say, well, they sound like fucking psychotics. Oh, yeah, fucking assholes. Like, like what the fuck? To me, the that is a, a real, had this guy not died, would they still say, oh, he sounds like a psychotic? Right, no. 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 I think it's bullshit. And I don't mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't know. But then again, I feel like we're on the side of, like, I, I don't want to go into this biased. Right, right, but right, right. Because I do kind of, there's certain things that are said with the daughter and shit like that that makes me wonder, like, you can kind of see mm-hmm. where he may end up in the position where he would murder suicide. Right. But yet, I'm trying to be objective here. I don't feel like but that I guy's judging him fairly. Yeah, I don't. Just I don't, because of that. Not only that, but let's 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 go with the official narrative. He, all his family is, oh, he was Christian, big Christian. He convert basically kind of converted her to Christianity. But yet then he's, oh, i got to submit to Allah. I'm going to use her blood and write Allah Akbar on the fucking wall. What? Okay, and, and I don't know, because I can't remember. I don't know if I've seen this. So, some of it seems familiar, like I've watched this, but I, I don't know. It seems like I would have remembered. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but i just put this out there. So she was supposedly a Muslim that got converted. Mm-hmm. Did she? Was she the one that fucking? Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I think they get into more of the murder scene. Or whatever, or mm-hmm. suicide, whatever the fucking case may be. Right. But I, I don't know. I, you'd have to, you'd instantly assume you see that. Well, he probably killed each one of them and then shot himself. Okay, yeah, and, and but what's to say with, it wasn't her? Even with time of death, it doesn't give you the story. So she, let's say it was her. She kills her daughter first, shoots David, shoots herself. David lives another five minutes before she dies, or you know, before she dies. Then. That doesn't mean that because David died less, he was the fucking guy. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean any of that. Shit. Right. And, and, and who knows? It could have been her and wrote, it's in her blood, yeah, because she shot him, shot herself, wrote Allah Akbar, or, she died, and then he dies later. Well, whose blood was smeared? I mean, they did said we it was ever, hers. It was hers. They did say that yeah, at one point. They said it was hers. But she could have cut herself. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe there wasn't cuts. Right. But you right. could cut yourself, get blood, and smear it on the walls yourself. Right. It is kind of strange. I mean... A two, somebody could have came in there and killed all three of them, then used her blood mm-hmm. to frame him. Right. I mean, that's that's where the big question is. I mean, we have 33 minutes left in this film. I'm assuming we're, we're getting to that point. But, yes, this is the turning point where they start mm-hmm. to make it seem like he's... going to shit on him. Yeah, and, and this is... I don't know. So it'll be interesting how this plays out from here. I don't know. I just don't think when you have all this going for you... Yeah. I didn't like the projection of that guy though yeah, I, I felt like that's it to me i don't listen to what he said and think that he's a psychotic yeah I don't get that although there are things about this up to this point that do make me think there's he's a little off yeah like the, the kid saying that shit but yeah, then the again blood, my kid sits there and, and says he's gonna shoot me and shit all yeah time. but yeah. i don't know does that make me fucking psychotic I'm, i don't know maybe somebody from a different perspective does see it that way maybe i don't know creating this thing that exists outside of all of us. You were given this thing, told, like, you're, you're David, you're, you, have a, you have a task, you know, you're, you're God. We've worked so hard. 
and stuck together. And everything. We've stuck together through everything. I'm so happy I understand you better. I love, I love the bitch in you. <laughs> oh, that means he's psychotic. What a Passion, psycho. intensity, you know, love, love is a lot of things. And, and love can be, it can turn into hatred too, it can turn into something negative if you put too much passion into it. I just was concerned for him. Because you go from hanging out with a person religiously to getting cut off. I mean, he withdrew from all of us so hard, like I had texted him and it would take a couple of days for him to get back to us. And it's like, well, what's going on, man? It's like, I'm writing, I promise, I'll, you know, da, 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 da. And then when he emerged from that, that's when he said to all of us, like, you know, if you ever see me doing that again, say something and tell me, because I went to a dark place. So if I ever go back to my dark place, please tell me. Kamel came to me one day and out of the blue said, I want to separate the business. Um, at first it was a shock. I would receive these long emails from her, um, which never matched up with the way that she would speak to me in person. I remember saying to her at one point, Kamel, I feel like I'm speaking to David, not you. I was just going to say, she's implying that he was writing these emails and... Okay, so let's let's just go that route again. My wife decides that she doesn't want me to podcast with you more. Right. Start sending you all these long emails in my email saying, "Hey Ryan, like you know, it's been really fun, it's been cool, but I need to spend more time at home and focus on home and this shit." And then you come here and, and I come here and hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Don't say anything about the fucking emails. Yeah. See, I, I would the first thing would I would fucking, say yeah. is be like, "Dude, what's going on with these fucking emails?" Like, I mean, like I would address this instantly. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be like. Yeah, I never sent you that fucking email. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, I don't know, fucking Joey wants me to, you know. You'd, you'd be like, yeah, she just keeps bitching at me about wanting to, like, whatever. And then I'd be like, okay, well, dude, you can make a decision. I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming there had to have been a conversation between this girl and her, but, like, at this moment in pausing, so you speak in person, but you don't bring it up? Like, yeah, that's a, that, that was my point. Yeah, I have know? to assume they talked. I'm so I'm curious. What Until this- she finally says, oh, I feel like I'm talking to David. Well, yeah, but if she's talking to you in person now, also through the emails, but in person now saying, yeah, I want to separate the business, you know, I just, you know, whatever the case would be, all, then it would be her emails. I'm talking to David. In person, now you feel like that? Or because of the email? No, you're you're just, you're, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Know, the whole thing is fucking bullshit. Yeah, I guess let's find out how this Plays statement out. continues, yeah. and then we can maybe readdress it if we need to. Oh, it's not covered. Got it. Um, this is a journal entry. It's been a busy week writing Gray State, polishing it up. By the time you read this again, this whole nightmare will be over. Hmm. David started journaling in, in day one. It's a program for journaling um, where he'd put pictures in every entry. They were random pictures, I think, but uh, then he just journaled what was going on in his life at the time, mostly. He liked his dog a lot. I think his dog was one of his best friends. 
May 31st of 2014, journal entry. You will perform a ritual, a prayer for wisdom, love, empathy. These are the keys to unlock your ideal future. And you don't have an hour to waste. So he's searching, right? He's a guy that is trying to bring a greater truth or, or truths or things that are hidden from us. He, he brings the spotlight to himself. David starts to feel pressure. I mean, it's not just about him anymore. It's not just about what he's bringing to the table. He's got all these other people at the buffet and they want his product. They want what he said he was going to do. David got to a point where he got so upset with his fans that if they wrote something negative, he would ban them from the page. He didn't want to hear the negative anymore. He was like, I'm making a movie. It's going to take time. It's not easy. You can take it or leave it. I don't have to listen to your shit. And I think when you have a target audience of that nature, they're going to respond the way they always do. They're going to not believe anything. They're going to dig. You know, kind of like comic book movies, if you get something wrong, the die-hard comic book fans are going to attack you for this or attack you for that. These people are just actually legitimately insane, though. That's the difference. I mean, the, the guy's more libertarian than anything, but he realizes that suspicions and wanting less government or questioning your government's motives or why there's wars or why are we, you know, uh, in Afghanistan or Iraq like that um, is way different than these other people who hate and he wasn't talking about hate. August 5th, 2014, David and Kamel are preparing for Rania's birthday party. His quote was, unveiling from the distance everyone has perceived in us, ridding ourselves of dysfunctional relationships, friends, family. <laughs> At the birthday party, the only thing that stood out to me was that they weren't talking at all. She had nothing bad to say about him. They had the closest relationship, and I just expected that they would flirt or kid around a little bit, but no, she was just really tense the whole time. I'd say it was during Rania's birthday party where I noticed such a disconnect between him and Kumail, and it was just really weird. It wasn't like any other time I've ever been in that household. It was stale, stagnant air. It just was bad. It's weird to me that he filmed everything. I like to make movies too, Dave. I don't film everything. Do you? No. Everything you do at home, you don't film? Well, I usually film myself taking a shit. That's usually the only thing yeah. I do at home. You know.
this is where you see the occult influence in the story, and you'll see almost nothing until it spikes. But then a hint, a hint starts to rise. But if the hint is rising, where does the hint come from, and have I planted it appropriately in the past? And you're able to see, like, when the bad guy is introduced, is there enough of the occult hint? Has it been properly set up in the inciting incident? So I can ultimately bring it from nowhere and create this emotionally charged climax that has it's loaded with meaning that you didn't see coming. I moved back to Minneapolis in uh, 2014 and linked back up with David. He was talking to me a lot about spiritualism. At this point, him and Kamel had converted, in a sense. They were, they were no longer talking about Christianity. They were talking about Om and the resonance of the universe and transcendental philosophy and connecting to higher levels of consciousness. And um, whatever that was, David tapped into it. This is just for us. Uh, it's August 29th. Ronnie came home with a fever, and uh, you were connecting and playing. Yeah, we were painting nails, and the door was right here to her room. I was sitting on the floor, and she was sitting facing me. And I had my back towards her bed. Mm -hmm. And then the painting, and then we both felt something come through the door. David never really got into a lot of details of what was going on with Kamel spiritually or what would actually take place. He would more propose questions of, so if a... Um, some kind of uh, spiritual attack. What would that look like? And then, you know, okay, cool. And then I, as I'm going back to painting my nails, I know where her voice is because I'm, I've been talking to her. So a voice higher than that. So I just feel like the height was higher than where she was at the bed. No, you didn't like the song. I just froze. I'm like, Ronnie, did you say something? And just quiet. And I look to see if she's awake or, or where it came from. She's like, what? No, I didn't say anything. I'm like, did you hear that? She's like, no, uh -uh. no, I didn't hear anything. And I came out, out and told you. That means he's possessed now. So that's what, that's what we're, I'm, I'm taking out of it. Want to know what I really think? Yeah. Yes, Absolutely. please. Okay. I think people lean on the supernatural when they can't understand things that they're experiencing and feeling. And it's easier to believe that they were being chased by some kind of metaphysical spirit than they were being chased by their own problems. After his daughter's birthday party, he starts just shutting down. And the only way out is... The only way out is... Guy who was on social media all the time stops. Stops returning phone calls to the very important people who he needs in order for his dream to be realized. And nobody really knows why. So after the birthday party, me and David's communication became very sporadic. He was looking much more to to be the sole controller of Grey State. He was looking for me to sign away my rights on as being the creator and one of the actors in it. And I wouldn't budge on it. September 8th, 2014, there was a journal entry. Well, that's very similar to the separation of the Comel and her friend, her business partner. So, like, the whole separating, like, I want to... 
Like, only me. Uh, could it be like, well, okay, so those people that, like, he was removing people that gave shitty comments and mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I can kind of understand the pressure of, like, we gave you this money and where the fuck's the result? And, right. you know, I can understand that pressure or constantly being hit with, it's never going to get made. It's never going to, you know, like, if we just constantly, like, your podcast sucks. Sure, if everybody we talk to is just fucking your podcast sucks. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, at a certain point, we just say, fuck it, what are we doing? Then right, why are we right. bothering? Well, and not only that, but let, so these guys gave him thirty million. Maybe they say, "Hey, you know what? I think the uh, we really need to cater to the gay community. So let's put a couple more gay people in the movie. No, nah, that's not going to really fuck with my movie. I don't want to do that. All right, well, we don't have any, any blacks. Let's put some more black people in it. Well, this no, is that's not yeah, what, that's I want. what happens. You know, maybe that's what it is, and that's why he started shutting them out. Maybe the other guy was like, "I want to start adding this or do this." Yeah, and so there's what's the word? Um, artistic differences and yeah. that could be why he's shutting them out yeah you know yeah that's the part we don't know right and right. two, the guys that yeah it could be this guy was doing that the guys that gave him the money started mm-hmm. you know you know funneling in we won't know that i don't know that piece and we can't know that because mm-hmm. they're not gonna say yeah well we wanted more uh asian people it's you know or whatever the mm-hmm. fucking case may be they're not going to say that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Why would they do that? Same thing with this guy. He's not going to fucking say, well, we had, cre-. I mean, he may say we had creative differences, but I don't know. I, so I, but I can see pressure of all this shit when you get to that level. So you, you oh, were yeah. expecting to make $6,000 as your goal on this thing and you make 63000 to write this fucking script completely and then go pitch it to, Hollywood or whatever, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we, we have a budget of $15 here, mm-hmm. but we we need to push for $200 and all of a sudden we get 20 grand. All of a sudden the pressure's on now. Now we have to produce something. Right. So, and, and then if you don't produce as quick as you, what you told everybody, and you start getting all these people, oh, you're fucking, you know, and I don't know if that was the case with right, white people, right. but I'm just Respect assuming, like, yeah. I don't know. I can understand the pressure, but I don't think, I don't know, maybe. Maybe that is enough pressure to fucking say, you know what, I just can't fucking handle it anymore. Um, I want to distance myself from everybody, and I'm going to fucking shoot my wife and my kid and fucking kill myself. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe. It's not completely out of the realm. Right, right. Like, you can kind of see it. They're definitely setting it up for that. Mm -hmm. The universe may want me to destroy Danny Mason since he has given indication that he wants to stand in my way. What a fool. Convert him to my cause or destroy him. His next actions will decide. Sounds worse than it was. It's just David being creative, I think. They were in it together, like the disconnecting, which was weird, because here they are disconnected at the, the birthday party, but yet they as a couple are disconnected from all of us, and then it starts just going downhill from there. It was a very drastic change. She became very isolated, 
would nobody would really see her. You wouldn't even know if she was at work, except for the fact that she was seeing her patients. She would take the back ways in and the back ways out. If there would have been any little clue, mm -hmm. if I just would have known even about what it looks like for a woman to be nervous or whatever, like I just, I didn't know. September 30th, 2014, a journal entry, utterly bewildered and spent. I think a part of me is broken. People are just creatures to tolerate and get around so I can be on my way. I was going to babysit for him and that fell through. After that, it was, I would send him a text here and there offhandedly and nothing, you know, just didn't hear anything back. And that wasn't out of the ordinary. You know, he gets busy, he does his writing, he gets buried in his work. So I wasn't concerned. I did um, notice that he wasn't responding. Then it became more of, I don't want to say pleading, but like, then I began to think something was wrong. According to the police report, Kumail's sister drives 17 hours from Texas pretty much as a desperate intervention. Her sister's not returning phone calls, they can't get in contact with David, and so she takes it upon herself to drive 17 hours in, from Texas and show up in Apple Valley. She gets to the door, rings the doorbell, and Kumail is home, and who appears in the door? It's David who ends up telling her, no, you can't see your sister. And she never does. She came in late October? That's insane. Why wouldn't you let her in the house? I mean, what, what possible motivation, what possible reason could you have to explain that? So, the third plot twist, the third act twist. There has to be a little bit of willingness to be killed at the end. She's basically becoming a martyr. Don't resist by taking out a gun, resist by letting him do it. <clears throat> but when she dies, he lets her go spiritually understanding that she got out and that he will too. I remember saying to her in her office one day, Kamal, I feel like I'm speaking to David, not you. I want to speak to Kamal. And her response was, why do you think I'm not intelligent enough to come up with these things? October 30th, 2014, there was a journal entry that said, Mel got raptured today, period. She's still here. Hmm. What's the rapture again? Isn't that where, like, everybody 
that is like good and can go to heaven that goes to heaven everybody else goes to fucking hell or something like that let me look it up I know you can't see it but I'm gonna look it up rapture a feeling of intense pleasure or joy according to some the transporting of believers to heaven at the second coming of Christ okay so what does being raptured mean an expression or manifestation of ecstasy or passion, a state or experience of being carried away by overwhelming emotion, a mystical experience in which the spirit is exalted to a knowledge of divine things. So she was that, but still here. This is what he's basically saying in that. Okay. It's um, It was hard to hear when I first listened because some background noise in the room. I didn't realize there was anything on here. What is it? I just told you. I just told you. What is it? from Home Depot with a bunch of wood to build the compost bin, had lunch with Coma, and uh, suddenly she began to shake and weep and um, howl, um, as if, at, like like someone had died, and uh, um, she sat down, she said, this is what rapture is. You gotta give me some time. Can I just lay here? Yeah. Do you, not, do you want? I was just trying to remember everything. Okay. If you want to contribute, you can help me remember. Okay. You said you've come for very far to find me, and Ronnie and I need to come with you. And there's not much time. Time is not. Uh, time is not of our world. And on some level, your soul has committed to mine, and we're gonna go somewhere. And Ronnie's coming with. I'm just kind of skeptical, you know. I'm trying to make sure of the source from whence it came was real. I don't know. I, 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 my skeptical side right now, my scientific side, my brain's questioning where it came from. It's like, oh, was it something to confuse us? Am I crazy? Right now I'm saying she's the crazy one. <laughs> Sid and Nancy. Yeah. 
I think what happened was Sid and Nancy. Um, I don't mean this to speak ill of Kamel, rest her soul. I don't mean this to speak ill of David, rest his soul, and their daughter. But something was planned. I think Kamel was in a hopeless situation and was just pretty much isolated with him. No friends, no family. And I think that she was hopeless. The last time I was at his house, I went and brought him some lenses back. And that was in early November. And I remember looking at David and thinking, wow, you look like shit. November 2nd of 2014, the journal entry. The world is an inverse perversion of light. We are made of it and its weakness, a flashlight in the mind of Satan. But I am darkness. I mean, hindsight's 2020, but at the same time when you're locked off from this person for months at a time and they're not letting, they literally cut himself off from everyone, like deactivated his Facebook, wasn't answering phone calls, wasn't doing anything, wasn't seeing his family. What do you do? The last time I saw him was late November. I've been over there a few times where he's in the middle of something he was working on and just, whoop, don't talk, I'll be, you know, I'll be present a little bit, just don't disturb. You know, I need my time, don't really need anybody in it now. So it was more of kind of putting up a wall. But, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Just motion fan. So, <laughs> fuck off for a second. <laughs> December 7th, 2014. That's actually funny. Yeah. Last pictures David took on his uh, cell phone were of Kamel. She seemed happy in the pictures and David used uh, one of those pictures on his phone as the background. Kamel was on edge, he was on edge. He was thin, eyes were sunken in. I mean, and that's when I approached him. I said, you know what, David, you told me to speak up whenever you, I noticed you start going into your dark place again. I said, Danny's worried about you, I'm worried about you. You know, what's going on, man? And he literally looked at me and said, you and Danny have nothing to fucking worry about. I'm fine. When Kamel met me around Thanksgiving, she looked sad. She looked uncomfortable. I didn't know what to ask her. I was just trying to keep her there. I don't want to start crying right now, though. Too late, horror. I don't want to talk about that anymore. December 19, 2014. David and Kamel pick up their daughter, Rania, from their last day of school before the Christmas holidays. That was the last time they were seen by anyone that we know. Driving to his house on Christmas Eve, there was a voice in my head... Yeah, I gotta tell so you when I was driving to his house on Christmas Eve, I had... Wait, I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I hate when people fucking do that. Well, I mean, I try and put myself in there. She's like, he's literally going to show up to his brother's house. Or you start to talk and then you're like, 
Yeah, like now, like you're instantly visualize that fucking the dead it. bodies. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, I, it is annoying, but I mean, I think we're being. I'm not being a dick. I think yeah, guys being a dick. You're on this. I mean, it's recorded. You can fucking cut and come back. You know what I mean? Like you can edit that yeah, shit well, out. I, that's the choice of who made the movie, though. Yeah. I mean, the guy that made the movie should have fucking cut that. Mm. You know, there's no need for it to be in there. Other than it pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he did it just to <laughs> piss you off. But you know, like I understand that. Like, if you tell me, you know, to, to talk about your fucking the Christmas Eve when you showed up at your brother's house. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'd probably be like, start and be like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it. Mm. Because you you need this for your right, fucking... Right. I don't know. Normally, I'm the insensitive one. I am today. <laughs> the feeling like that I needed to go to a, to his house and, and just tell him that I loved him. <laughs> and by the time I got close enough, I had talked myself out of it and I said I'll just stop by another time um, so yeah I wonder December 25th 2014 David's up early in the morning as usual and was planning his gray state future and he writes, uh, Christmas, six-day countdown, meme, it will be a new year. And he proceeded to make a plan for every day until the new year. And he also made a plan that went way beyond that. That's the part. You don't typically make a bunch of plans mm -hmm. into the future with every intention and fucking ending everything right now. Right. You just don't. Like, it, to me, is. Completely illogical. Mm -hmm. Maybe a psychologist or something could fucking see something different in that. But to me, this, I mean, maybe it is a thing. Making all these plans and then fucking ending it right now. So, I can talk a little bit about that. Well, let's, let's hear it. Because I, that part is so strange to me. On the day that I last drank, six years ago tomorrow, real time, I made the decision to kill myself, right? Uh-huh. And those that I didn't want to know that I had made that plan had asked to do something. And I made plans to do something in the next couple of days or something with them because I didn't want to raise suspicion. Right. Now, I didn't go in as far as planning out something nine months down the road. I'm talking, there was like three people that called me or texted me. And I was like, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow or whatever the fuck. And I had no intention of doing that. Right. But I didn't make plans, sit down and make plans purposely to make it seem like I wasn't going to. It was just, if it happened during that time frame that I was still lucid enough to make plans, I would just play it off. You know what I mean? Um, like, I think I was here that day. Wasn't I? Didn't I come here that day or I was supposed to come here that day? Dude, I don't know what day you were planning on killing yourself. I mean, I'm sure we've talked about this in... Yeah, no, I think I think I was here that day. Podcasting. Podcasting. And uh, I left... The day you thought, I'm going to kill myself. The day I... Yeah, the day I did, yeah. I think I started oh, here. You tempted to. Yeah, I tempted to, yeah. You no, know I'm saying that day that, yeah, the day that I made that decision. I didn't make that decision until later in <laughs> the day. Jesus Christ. But, what? <laughs> That's just strange to me. Like, 
Yeah, so, like I could have been one of the last people that had seen yeah, you had you like yeah, accomplished your mission yeah, yeah, that day. Yeah, like that's fucking weird to me. Like, yeah, could you imagine how different this would be now? Like, mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't be podcasting. Right. Well, I may be, but I, I would be a whole different fucking thing. Right. I mean, who knows, dude? Right. No, if I remember, I mean, remember bits and pieces of that day, obviously. So I was here. In the morning, and then I we were drinking, obviously, and then I went home, and shit happened. It caused me to get that uh-huh. depressed and mad, and uh, took a bunch of pills, and then made a. I pretty much call it the going away tour. You know, I went to this girl's house that had a child, went and saw the child, and then went to my sister's house, hung out with them, tried to get hold with Eric, didn't get hold of Eric, um, and then I met my other cousin at the bar down by Eric's house, and then. Uh, that was like the last person that I was going to see that day. Um, yeah. After you took the pills, mm-hmm. you did all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was, there was two other people. With, with anything that happened during podcasting. No, God, no, 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 no. I'm just saying I know that it started that Not day. Not that you like you did, and I need to clear my conscience, but no. like it's just weird. I wonder, because you know, I used to bring up things. With your ex and all that. Not that it had anything with your ex. <laughs> no. But, like, it's just it's strange. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we've talked no. about this. But we'll talk about it off the air. I'll tell you the exact reason after the air. It's, I think I know, but, I mean, maybe not. I yeah. could have sworn we talked about this in the past. It's just weird, like, I don't know. Thinking about it now, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. in hindsight. But, no, I think, so, I think Eric was one that did respond to me later in the night, and I made plans to do something in a couple of days with him or something. Yeah. With no intentions in following yeah, through with that. Yeah, because at that point, I was already so far gone. So, but, like, you didn't, you weren't actively, so, like, let's say you had. I guess this is the hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Let's say you had, mm-hmm. uh, like, done all, you know, succeeded at your mission at that moment, mm-hmm. as fucked up as that is. You hadn't made plans for six months out of a movie that you were making. Right. You no. hadn't planned on, you know... Whatever we we didn't pre-record a bunch of podcasts for this reason. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no like it was. You made that decision that day. You, I mean, I don't know. Let's think about now this guy's yeah, perspective. So let's, let's put me in that perspective. Um, you had this so movie. You had were a movie coming out, and or making a movie. Right, working on a movie coming out. Working on Christmas time. Christmas six time. days before. Or five days before New, New Year's, Year's, yeah, New York. You Year's. you you made all these plans to like do this shit, and then something happens between that point of making these plans and murder suicide. Like, what happens? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't logically fit. You know what I mean? Typically, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't to make, me, it doesn't fit the narrative because if it was me. Like so, he might have made that plans early in the morning, and then later that day he made the decision to kill himself. That's a possibility, possible. But kind of like in my situation, like it, I didn't wake up that morning thinking that it was later in the day. Things happened enough that just kind of put me there. But I had been spiraling out of control, depression wise, for some time. So did this guy, according to according to their their official his, narrative, his yeah. brother, other people. His friends, mm. uh, her coworkers and right, friends, right. they had been seeing a di- downward spiral, spiral of both of them, not just him, yeah, see, of and, both and, of them. And I don't agree with that either, because when I do get busy, I, I don't like 
with your emails, you real time, you've sent me emails that I haven't seen because either I've been busy or I haven't got a signal and I haven't got the fucking email. But I get busy and I don't keep going. You know, I don't go back and and there's been times where you've texted me and I go a day or two before I respond. It's not because I'm isolating myself. I'm busy or I just don't. Well, and that's why. If you hadn't shown up today, then after I sent you those emails, you Mm -hmm. hadn't responded to anything. uh, You didn't show up. I mean, I would have texted you mm-hmm. probably at like 7.30 and said, so we're not going to meet today or whatever. And then right. if you didn't respond to that, I probably still wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't think anything about it necessarily until like this evening. I'd probably say something to my wife and say, well, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Dave. Like, he fucking doesn't answer my emails. He didn't show up today. He didn't answer my text or that. Like. At a certain point, I would probably go check Facebook. Mm-hmm. Has he not been active on Facebook? Nothing on Facebook. Then I'd see, well, is Joy active on Facebook? Right, and if she's still right. posting shit like everything's hunky-dory, at a certain point, I'd probably say, message her and be like, after I have more attempts at messaging mm-hmm. you, I'd probably mm-hmm. message her and be like, what the fuck's wrong with Dave? Like, did I piss him off? Like, you know. But if, if both of you had all of a sudden stopped all, and, and she's active, so you would know if something's up if she stopped. Right. You know. Then you would know something. Like, I don't know. But like they'd said in the movie, he stopped doing, he stopped social media and you shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, they had both distanced themselves from everybody. So if you start to notice these things, I mean, I guess you, you don't think of that. I don't know. I, I don't fully disagree though that this could have been a murder suicide i do think there was something spiritual going on here with like she's obviously seeing shit or something right right i'm not saying that allah came down and or whatever and, and fucking wiped him out i'm definitely not seeing a government conspiracy oh you're trying to make this movie i'm going right. to come in and kill you i'm right. not seeing that anymore at all right I'm unless either. they're going to do something here in the next nine minutes to yeah, and, convince and me and of going that back to what i started saying about the whole family and friends thing she even commented, like, in, like, the 10 minute, first 10, 15, 20 minutes, the friend, the coworker, business partner said she had no other friends but David. So how can her friends say, oh, all her friends are saying she's isolated, she's not being around? Yeah, well, they've only the technically talked to, to two people that she worked with, a business partner right. and a coworker. Right. That's it. Right. So there's two people. And, oh, she was going, but she could have always gone through the back door and shit like that. I mean, right, right. it's just all of a sudden you've been told to talk about Weird things that she did, mm-hmm. but specifically in the last few months. So then this comes out. I understand how they make these films to look and appear a certain right. way. Right. Oh yeah, it's definitely telling so a narrative. They have that's it. the part I don't like is that they're they're trying to push a narrative, and man, we we weren't there. I'd like to see all the unedited footage of this mm-hmm. that were because obviously we're being guided, mm-hmm. which is what you do when you make a film. Yeah. I'd like to see all the unedited to see is there parts they took out that. The guiding of these right, things right, to right in, in probing questions that they've asked, or if they asked a certain question that po- made them, like you said, the guiding that made them answer in a certain way, mm-hmm. so they can put it that way, or did they just fucking cut out all the shit to make it tell their narrative? And that's what yeah. a documentary can be, yeah. Unless you get the full unedited fucking. But you're not going to gonna sit here and watch a nine-hour movie on this either, right? No, I mean you and I probably would in, yeah, in different I, I segments would, because <laughs> um, I. And more interested in that because I like to figure out everything. Obviously, that's yeah. what we're doing right now. We're yeah. trying to understand this. Based on their narrative they're pushing, they're pushing the murder-suicide thing. 
Yeah, but based on a spiritual awakening or something. Yeah, and and from what I'm seeing right now, it's pushing more towards it was her. Yeah, like not him. Something happened. Maybe this is this is just at this point. Still have nine minutes left. She killed the daughter. She cut herself or something. Made herself bleed. Used her blood on the wall, and then there could have been something. Either she killed him, and then she killed herself, or he, after realizing that she had just killed their fucking kid. Killed, he killed her and then thought, what the fuck, and then killed himself. There's something strange yeah. here. I don't know if it's, I'm killing both of you and then I'm going to kill myself all on him. Right. Which is, I think, what they're probably going to push. Oh, let's see. Let's give it nine minutes and see what happens. Later that morning, David kills his family and then himself. On Christmas Day? Going throughout, like, how can life keep emerging? How can it keep cropping up in new forms, especially with the way things are? But life has that sort of uh, nature of resilience and persistence. It's always popping up, even in the worst circumstances, and it's through that that changes are inevitable. I got a call from my dad, and he asked if I was sitting down. He says, David. And then I was like, oh. And then he goes, Kamel, and I was like, oh. And Ronnie, and I just... I've never been stabbed, but it felt like something was going into my stomach with each name. And I couldn't breathe. And I just thought, this is like scripted almost. Apple Valley police recently closed their exhaustive year-long investigation. And for the first time, are sharing their findings with the Fox 9 investigators. It looks like David uh, snapped and took the lives of his wife and daughter and then ultimately himself. Who wrote Allah Akbar on the wall? He did. In her blood? Yes. Why did he do that? We believe that was just kind of a parting shot. Don't make any sense. David Crowley seemed like he was very specific in how he wanted to be perceived to the outside world. It was almost like David gave us this plot twist at the end of Al Akbar. You know, this plot twist that wasn't going to have any resolution, but that people would continue talking about. Who walks into a house and sees Allah Akbar written on the, on the wall and goes, oh yeah, David Crowley, someone who is not a Muslim, all of a sudden now he's, he's writing it and that somehow proves that he's guilty? David Crowley would not write Allah Akbar in his wife's blood on the wall and leave a Koran open. He never brought up that issue once. It's a hell of a plot twist. So what does it mean? To me, it was... My thinking is that it was throwing off the change of pressure, pressure from delivering this movie, pressure from people telling him he had to make this movie, 
pressure as a man who has to provide for his family. And I think he was emancipating himself from all of it. I can see that. David planned ahead. David was 10 steps ahead, 12 steps ahead. And his military training, if it taught me the same thing, I guarantee you taught him the same thing. You have alternate courses of action for every event that occurs. you're missing anything i mean you're coming up with a good solid timeline for everything you're interviewing all of us the only thing you're missing is why and you're never going to know why i'm not you're not danny everybody family nobody's going to know why that's the only thing that you're not going to have there and this is the strange thing it's almost like he created a soundtrack to the murder-suicide. You know, something called Ascent. This music probably played for hours, maybe days after they were dead. Was he imagining these 53 songs as the songs that he would play while he's committing a murder-suicide? It's hard to know. I mean, this was on a loop. Who plans a soundtrack for the murder of their family? I don't know. I don't know. Creeping around the bend, death illuminates the lines we live within. Like a black sunrise. Reality takes shape and form and fills the sky Some questions will fade, these will like the dog more than most people mm -hmm. well, except for his family he probably like the dog more than every every person I told you buddy I told you yeah this is cute I want the dog now back
like your dog, though. So now we have credits rolling. So, hmm. Thoughts. I'll uh, pause. I don't think we're going to get anything else. No, there's no after credit scenes <laughs> in this movie. So, um, let me just switch it back to the laptop here. Well, I, w- I want to show you something because yeah. I pulled up early on. So I did a their address mm-hmm. from Google Maps. This is really strange to me. I mean, it's not super strange, but here's their house. Mm-hmm. I don't know when they went through here. It doesn't give like a date of when Google goes through. Mm-hmm. But like you zoom in on their house mm-hmm. and like they clearly. So it, it, what it is is there's a car in the driveway, like an Audi or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the garage is open, and a bunch of shit laying everywhere. Like, obviously, somebody's been in cleaning out the uh, murder scene and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just weird that when Google drove by to fucking whatever, this was it was in progress of probably cleaning up the murder scene. Right. That's strange to me. And it just, not that it's that really that fucking weird, it's just weird to me that. You know, no other house on the fucking street has a garage yeah, open. Well, or, well, keep going around because I want to see something. I just find that straight. Their garage is open with a bunch of shit, and it looks like they probably... Where, where do you want me to go? No, you're good. I saw what I wanted to see. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, like, you know, there's cars in the driveway and stuff. It's just, I don't know. Clearly, we know there was something happened in this home. Mm-hmm. Three people died, and... It just happened. It's I don't know. Let's, let's say it is a government conspiracy. This is kind of like a fuck you or uh, like a ha. Ah. Let's uh, let's send her into the garage. That's as far as I can go. All right. I just see there's somebody in the garage, but there's not. No, I don't see anybody. It's just I don't know. It's strange. But you can. What's weird is the remnants of. The life that was there. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were just going down this street because you and you didn't know anything about this, I, I don't know. Wouldn't you still find that strange? Maybe, maybe not. No, they're just. They're but the like being that you garage. know, yeah. there's something that happened there. <laughs> Obviously, this was taken after. I'm guessing what went down there went down there, and this is like so. I mean. Is a house for sale? Like, I mean, earlier in the movie, they said well, they should just tear the fucking house down. I mean, in in the pictures towards the end of the movie, they had, like, painted over the Al-Akbar thing. Right, right. So you, you just probably painted over the, the blood. It's not like right. they washed it off. I, maybe you did. I don't know. The whole thing's weird. Am I completely sold? Okay, this is what I'm going to say. I don't think... The government's behind this. I don't think they got, came in and murdered them. I, I, I just... It, but, but here's the thing. The documentary did not even get into any of that. Mm-mm. Now, I thought I had heard that he was saying there's people... But maybe I'm, I'm crossing two different stories yeah, here. Remember you saying he was paranoid that people were out to get him? And he yeah, I could have sworn that was like that. part of this, and I don't get in, didn't get any of that out I of this. 
I think I remember that when we first talked about it. So let's go way, way rabbit hole on this. Let's, let's say the government did orchestrate this. I would say then if that's the case, they would also have to be behind this documentary that doesn't even touch on it to kind of skirt it under the rugs. Uh-huh. It's the only way that I would believe the government's in on it. Other than that, this documentary doesn't show me that David did it at all. I don't think he did it at all. If anything, it was her. Yeah, she was. Yeah, I, she's fucking crazy. I don't believe that she. She was going nutty. Him. I'd almost say more nutty than he was. Yeah. Now, could her nuttiness have been caused because of his nuttiness? Maybe. What I don't necessarily. This is, and like I said, I think she probably killed her daughter. Yeah. And something happened where. Now they say it was her blood on the wall. How do we know it wasn't the daughter's? Right. I guarantee you the daughter was killed first. I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know. I don't think it was him. I don't think he killed both of them and then killed himself. I I I have a hard time and I'm not just on his dude's side. Mm. I nothing proves something that he was did weird it. about her more than anybody. Yeah, she was hearing demonic fucking it's not weird your audio shit. Dude. I don't know. Do you I, I think you're farther up, up, down. Am I? You're like Here, you're talking to... from underneath the mic oh. like this. I think that's what it that was. That could be what it was. Yeah, I was sitting, I was like, I was sitting back so, so weird. I could see the TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does sound better now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. It, and from, oh yeah, so she was hearing all these weird things and seeing yeah. things and feeling weird things and talking about her talking rapture about the shit. rapture and it's coming and we have to do something and you're gonna come with me and it, it's all. I think it was her plan. Yeah. I still think I don't think David walked in on her after the fact and like killed her and then killed himself. I think she killed the daughter, killed him, and killed herself. I think it's the wife. You think it was her going Full off of this documentary? That's how I'm going with it, and yeah. I still think that she because it doesn't make she any sense. She could shoot a gun. Yeah. It doesn't Did make we ever any find sense. out? Well, yeah. Was it gunshot wounds that killed these? I mean, we never heard that it was a. Uh, I mean. Was there yeah. cuts on her? Was there yeah, struggle? Was there bruises? What, you know what I mean? I'd love to see the autopsy. This doesn't even cover that. Yeah. So I feel like they've intentionally left out a huge chunk, and we're just mm-hmm. ruling it a fucking murder-suicide yeah. all on him. Yeah. I don't feel like this documentary proves that. I agree. And I don't think even with the cop, the small amount of cop with the cops, or the part with the cops. Yeah, the 30 seconds. Doesn't say anything. Yeah, it was him. It was him. He did it. He wrote the, how do you know? It was, you can't tell handwriting with fucking blood on the walls like that. You can't tell it was him. Because he died last, fuck that. That's bullshit. She could she could have shot her daughter, shot herself, shot him, whatever. I don't believe it was him. I'd be curious to see this. It's supposedly an explanation of Comel Crowley's autopsy. That's uh... oh, contradictory and unexplainable. Hi YouTube. Um, it's Catherine Michelle. And oh, hi Catherine well, Michelle. Things have been kind of crazy here. Anyway, today we're going to go over Kamel Crowley's autopsy report. And um, right now it just seems like after going over every, you know, David's and I don't know how to pronounce the little girl's name, Rania, Rania, mm-hmm. Ronnie, I don't, I don't want to butcher her name, but I have yet to hear how her name is pronounced. So anyway, the little girl's autopsy reports, they're all pretty much um, the same. What I will note is um, Kamel did have two identified gunshot wounds. The entrances are left posterior parietal region, and it's left to right, front to back. So about like, yeah, like this. 
So it would be like this direction. Animal scavenging and decomposition with marked disruption of the head, neck, and upper extremities. That was their, their final conclusion. Now, we're going to go over the actual report itself. Um, and the preliminary examination, it says um, most of the head and the hands are missing. She reveals decompositional changes. There is extensive bloating, skin slippage, and discoloration of the body surfaces. And we'll talk about the type of skin slippage that they see here. It's not the type that is, um, you know, where the actual skin itself starts coming off the bones. That's in later decomposition. By the time that type of slippage happens, um, organs are already liquefied and, and broken down. And, and as you will see, she has all of her organs intact. Um, they say that wavy dark hair is recovered from the right sock and is placed in an evidence envelope. Oh, I forgot to preface this again. I am so sorry. This will be very descriptive reading of, of an autopsy report. So if you are under the age of 18 or squeamish, turn it off. Don't watch. Um, there are large fragments that appear consistent with the skull. Many of the fragments reveal linear appearance consistent with fragmented digit bones. Digits, fingers. Okay, the bag contains multiple commingled bony fragments, including a portion of dark wavy hair and white cotton debris. Amongst this bony, <clears throat> bony material are two mandibles, which I found interesting. So, obviously, both mandibles are not hers. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the clothing, which we're, we're not going to go over. That's not important what she was wearing. What I will note about what they noted, what I will read about what they noted about her clothing is the pant leg. And it says the right, the medial right pant leg is extensively frayed. These are soaked with decompositional fluid and apparent blood staining. So, um, as on the picture when you see, you only see the lower half of her, but you see her, her legs are spread and the right leg on the back and the medial inner side. So the inner portion of the leg, outer would be lateral, inner medial. So that you see a big tear in, in her pant leg there. And they did happen to mention that. Okay, now we're gonna mm. go to the Why external examination. The available body appears well-nourished. Lividity and rigor are not discerned. Again, here we have this thing with the lividity not being discerned. We know why rigor wasn't. They were laying there for too long. Rigor had been already settled and gone away. The head consists of portion of a skull which includes most of the left occipital bone and portions of the adjacent left parietal bone. Okay, the occipital, this bone back here at the back of your head and the parietal, again, this bone. So it has like this big section right here. You have the parietal and the occipital. That's what they found left. Um, there's focal brown to red staining of the inner surface. The scalp is absent. Scalp. Mother scalp. There, this is further described below. The neck is stable. No. Most of the anterior soft tissue is absent. The hyoid bone and laryngeal cartilages are not present. Now what I found interesting about this, okay, anterior, posterior, front and back, 
Now, she's lying. She's found lying face down. And that is um, written by um, several officers. And only one officer describes her being found slightly turned. But I think by that point, they had... The only thing I can assume is that they had lifted part of her body to see underneath. Because other the first few officers in there describe her totally prone. She's face down. <clears throat> now, if she's face down and her head is down and all of this damage was supposedly done by the dog after her death and if she dies in this prone position how does the dog get to her neck how does he get to the the, the larynx how does he eat her face okay start mm. to think about these things because how these are written and how it's coming out are not making sense <clears throat> The chest is stable. Extending downward from the neck region onto the central chest is an area of discreet br dark brown discoloration. The abdomen is protuberant. Now, if you notice that on David's, they said his abdomen was flat, but we have a photo that clearly shows he has a uh, distended abdomen. And um, Rania, I hope I'm saying her name right. If I'm not, please forgive me, family. <clears throat> But um, she didn't seem to be as distended as the both of these. Now, hers is, is used, it's not even called distended, it's called protuberant. So that tells you she's fairly, she's bloated pretty good. Um, and she has no injury to the genital area. <clears throat> okay, now, the upper extremities are stable. The distal aspects terminate with the absence of the hands. Again, if you remember, proximal, distal. So everything's great. There's nothing wrong with her arms, with her shoulders. Everything works great. She's just missing her hands. Uh, the skin, soft tissue, and bony margins are irregular. <clears throat> the lower extremities are symmetric and stable, so everything's okay. The feet are complete, so that means that they're still attached. They're there. Nothing has been done to her feet. The posterior body surfaces are in, in, intact and described elsewhere. So again, you have um, the front of her body, the anterior section of her head and her face, which is missing, supposedly eaten by a dog, supposedly eaten by paleo. Now, I'm not saying a dog wasn't brought in. I still am beginning to wonder with everything I'm reading, was another dog brought into this? and then given free reign on the faces and heads. Because um, hmm. there's no way that Paleo could get in there if she's lying face down. At least this portion of her face would still be there. If, if she's laying this way or if she's laying this way, we don't know. They, they're not really showing exactly how she's laying. But would... especially if she's laying this way, her entire face would still be there. If she's laying this way, this whole, whole part of her face would still be there. It's gone. So was another animal brought in to do some eating? Good question. So is this lady uh, proposing that these all three were murdered and then they brought in a dog, someone <laughs> brought in a dog and thought those hungry-ass dogs are eating the, her? Is that what she's proposing? Uh, I think she's proposing that what they're stating is wrong. There's no way for 
the one dog to eat her face if she was actually lying down for the short amount of time that she was. Now, okay. So she's just saying there's inconsistencies and in, there's loopholes in their, right. their story. She's saying what they're saying right, is Now, wrong. are we to believe that this dog started eating its human, its owner? So um, I have a hard I'm time believing see that. If David was eaten, if if David wasn't eaten, I could see the dog eating the other two. If he had a more connect, more connected bond, and if it's however long it was that they were there, if he's hungry, he's going to find food. I don't, I don't see, I don't see it though. I'm just okay. I don't know. Yeah, how long before they were discovered? For one, and. As hungry as my dog is, I don't see my dog eating me. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Like, my dog would probably lay next to me and lick me, but I don't see my dog saying, oh, fuck it, it's food now. Mm-hmm. As hungry as it gets, I, do, I feel like the dog would probably find other things or something. You know, I, I just don't. I have a hard time. But that's my dog. Right. I suppose this dog I, I doesn't. I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this one. I am too. The whole dog eating a human. And I find it interesting that both David's and um, not uh, that they don't, but larynx is missing. Their hyoid bones are gone. How do you tell if someone has been strangled? You check the hyoid bone to see if it's been fractured. It's gone. So we don't know. We don't know if they were strangled. Their eyes are missing, so you can't see if there's petechiae. Again, not enough information to come to the determine that David killed these people. If anything, it is showing you, just by reading these reports, too much was missing. Yeah. Um, so, I guess we'll wrap up our end of this podcast. I feel like it, at this point we could do a whole other episode on just breaking it down. So yeah, we'll wrap I think this we should. Up. Yeah, I, I think we'll leave this video right there as a, almost a teaser. Maybe we can... I, I'm curious, is there 20 more minutes of this lady's breaking down these autopsies? And I feel like... It is interesting. I think she's raising some interesting points. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of confusion, and I agree with her. I don't know, based on that, just a little bit, how you can determine that he was he murdered them. Yeah. I know the police are going with the... Oh, he snapped. And whatever, I just, that's hard for me to... I don't, I can't wrap my head around that. <clears throat> there's if parts he... that indicate that it's possible with him, like, spiraling. But there's so much with her that, and I don't want to put it all on her, but there's a lot more indicating for her, just because he went to fucking war doesn't make him a fucking, uh, that, I don't know, maybe there was some deep-rooted PTSD that he had handled, mm-hmm. and all these pressures brought that shit out. I not that's completely plausible. But what the fuck's going on with her? There's a lot that nobody right. wants to fucking acknowledge with right. her, right. and and her spiritual rapture that she was experiencing, which I don't know, strange. Yeah. So I think we'll leave her this lady's video here, and maybe we'll do a second one. It probably won't be near as long, but let's maybe dig into more of this. And I was trying to find some autopsy photos or crime scene photos. There's photos, but nothing of these bodies. I right. think. I'd love to see those. Not as, like, yeah, some sick even, thing, but I'd be curious to see them, like, you know? I, I didn't even see, like, the white chalk outline, you know what I mean? Mm. I didn't even see that anyway. I didn't, I didn't see, see any blood other than the wall. There's a little bit of sprinkle on the floor, 
I didn't see that when you were scrolling yeah. through. Well, that's, we can do that in a separate yeah. thing. We'll break down more of those photos and go from there, I guess. Like, I don't know. There's, there's yeah. something more fishy here. And at this point, I'm, I'm leaning towards it was more her than anybody. Yeah. And it, let's go with the official story of him snapping. I don't see him killing his child. I, I could see him snapping and killing himself. That's what most, most. Yeah, but not both of them or all three. Right. Yeah, that part I don't. The Allah Akbar is bullshit too. I mean, yeah, there's something fishy about that. What if so she was going fucking nutty, right? She was going fucking crazy with her rapture shit. He couldn't deal with it anymore. He was he snapped, kills himself. She, in a fit of rage, freaks the fuck out, doesn't know what to do. So then she kills her daughter and kills herself. That's a possibility too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, there's. I don't think it's fair. Right off, at least based on what we've heard just to the, up to this point, mm. that you can put it all on him. No. I think we need to, and these inconsistencies with the autopsy and shit. Mm. Like, There's a lot more to it, and I think yeah. we need to spend some more and time And if this dog it. ends up eating, uh, that's weird to me, too. I don't know. I mean, a hungry fucking pit bull is mm-hmm. different than, in in my opinion, maybe not, maybe not, but in my opinion, like a, whatever that dog was, a beagle, and it wasn't a beagle, but it wasn't like yeah. a... It wasn't a predatorial, territorial, no. mean dog. It didn't dog. look like it, at least. It looked like a cute little fucking puppy, you know? Yeah. Fucking like lab or something, you know? I just have a hard time believing that uh, just any old dog that gets hungry enough will just start eating a human that's been dead for however long. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we need to know the time of death that they've determined to discovery. Mm-hmm. How many days was that? Yeah, because the one... One picture you found had like a newspaper, and it was the, like the next day. Yeah, on December the twenty sixth. So we're talking if they were the last entry or recording or whatever was the morning of the twenty fifth. So we're talking tops twenty four hours. They're not the dog's not going to go that hungry. No, it's not going to be so hungry within twenty four hours. My dog would not be so hungry in twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. Your dogs wouldn't be so hungry in twenty four hours that it's going to start eating you. No, I'm sorry. No, it's not just happening. not. That is not believable. It's not realistic. No. And not even of a pit bull or uh, of a, I mean, I guess if you had a dog that you had been starving, and so then we'd have to assume that the dog had not been fed for on the mm. 25th, on the 24th, the 23rd, the 24th. We're talking second. months, dude. Not months, but I think if you hadn't fed the dog since the 20th, you may be to that point. But that's so. hard to believe that yeah. you just didn't feed your fucking dog for four fucking days. Yeah, as much as he that. loved his dog, he, yeah. he even said they. Everyone said yeah. he loved his dog more than he loved. Humans. I'd be willing to. So something's fishy with that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's we'll break that more down. In uh, I guess I will do a part two that we yeah. weren't expecting to have yeah. to do. But I'm good with that. All right, so we'll end this one here. I sing the blues and battle cartoons. I sing the blues and battle cartoons. I sing the blues and battle cartoons. And I'm upbeat in the world of doom. Why wait? Go ahead and tempt fate. Risk it while you can. Go ahead and take a chance to stand next to any man who's ready and willing to die for his land. Just a kid, yeah, they took kids. Life through the sights of a gal did his job as a sniper. I killed like a viper. I spit venom when he killed them with fire. Now get higher, reach for the sky and spread your wings. We were born to fly, we were born to love. And they taught us to hate and brought us up to believe, but they keep us safe. They
curse our names and tell us jet planes can change our world cause to them it's a game well I ain't playing it's a truth I'm playing down on the ground with the beasts I'm slaying from the shade that watch them as it laid another dark night deep in the grave and it ain't that way you're the man that got them you know what's bad when they got Batman and Robin tapping the phones that's how it's shown it's like every other movie is the same undertone same play blown same threat grown I feel like Samuel Jackson that black snake moan I sing the blues and battle cry tunes and live upbeat in the world of doom in a snowfall zoom I flooded the back room to find a way to get away from the goons yeah I sing the blues and battle cry tunes I sing the blues and battle cry tunes I sing the blues and battle cry tunes and live upbeat in the world of doom let's ride Take a look inside The mind's eye that hides the lies It keeps the secrets low in the grove So no one can see behind their evil shadows They speak of codes on country back roads And work together with Cobra Commandos Yo Joe, I hope you make it back alive and intact Be safe in Iraq and bring peace to the streets Like a priest with a peace, believe me You can taste defeat like a gnome with a rifle Armed with the Bible, you got any of the books Still throw them in the fire And in the burn till the cold turns white And the smoke clears after a hell of a night With a hell of a fight and a hell of a way To save the very own people that you enslaved They shoot, well I'm recruiting Troops with the truth, you don't plan on losing It's a trick and a grand illusion They create the problem to get their solution It's a shame how they love the rage And love to play us all like broad stage You know they love it how they play the public See we're in charge, they're the master of puppets So keep fighting and ride the lightning Cause when a snake strikes it's a fighting timing My flag's flying day and night It says don't tread on me in black and white Yeah, I see the blues in battle cry tunes I sing the blues in battle cry tunes I sing the blues in battle cry tunes And live up beat Please subscribe to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the Detour Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Where can I buy a director's chair? Amazon. Where can I buy Welcome Back Cotter on DVD? Amazon. Where can I buy that Humping Animals adult coloring book with a dog fucking a chicken on the back? Amazon. Go to d2rpn.com and click the Amazon banner. Buy an oven mitt. So there I am in my car, listening to shitty music. And I ask myself the tough questions. Why am I listening to the same song over and over again when I could be listening to the D2R Podcast Network? And is it true that he who smelt it dealt? And why the fuck did the chicken cross the road? And what the hell is on Joey's head? Hey, I wonder if Yoko Ono saw yesterday, today. I wonder if tomorrow was yesterday. Rockford reference. The D2R Podcast Network. Live for today. Or yesterday.